0: The Secrets of Technology is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com give. You're listening to The Secrets of Technology. I'm Don Bethanelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Technology, where we discuss the technology news that's important to you from a uniquely Catholic point of view. And joining me today on the panel are Father Andrew Kinstetter. Hi, Father Andrew. Hello, hello. And Pat Scott. Hi, Pat. Greetings and salutations. Uh, safely back in, in Austin from, from last week when she was here with me outside of Boston, uh, but uh, now she's returned home. So glad to ha- see that you got home safely.
1: Yes, so, <laughs> it was a good
0: trip. Uh, before we get into the the main meat of the today's episode, I do want to kind of talk about something that we, we kind of wanted to talk about last week and kind of ran out of time, but I think this is the right panel for it because we're all uh, uh, iPhone people on this panel, um, and that is Apple Arcade. Uh, and the Apple Arcade is brand new. We've known about it's been coming, uh, but it released with iOS 13 and the new phones, and it's, uh, in case you don't know, it's $5 a month, and you get... All the games within Arcade for free. They don't have additional cost. There's no uh, in-game uh, upgrades. There's nothing like that. It's one price it buys the whole thing, um, and it's supposed to be up to a hundred games. I think by the end of this month, they said there'll be a, a hundred games in the store in the in Apple Arcade. Uh, first, it, uh, Pat, I know you've got Apple Arcade, uh, as the kids yes. have reported to me. Uh, your grandkids, uh, Father Andrew, have you got Apple Arcade?
2: I have not.
0: Okay, all right. Is that, I know. Is that intentional? <laughs> You've been busy. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> um, actually, it has been intentional. Every time that I, I've looked at it, I, I, I see the try one month free and think, I don't think for me it's worth it to, uh-huh. to go beyond the one month free. So I, I haven't even done the free month. Um, which uh, you kind of laugh because I'm totally an apple, an apple guy, <laughs> uh, and I'm a a video gamer. But I guess I I haven't seen anything yet that's gotten me just gung ho to go get it. Okay, okay, maybe um, we can I change that. I, uh, yeah, <laughs> I they, they might. I don't know. I I I'm so much more of a. I guess I'm still a console guy, so I've still got the Nintendo and the Xbox, and I yep. and I just I prefer that. So an Apple arcade isn't quite speaking to me as of yet. They've got to they've got to come up with something that'll just kind of wow me to, to get me to, to move over or maybe get some you know intellectual property. If they drew in Mario or Zelda or something, you know, mm-hmm. maybe I'd be more inclined to get it.
0: Well, interesting so. comparison. Speaking of Mario. So the Mario Kart uh, game is out.
2: Yep. Which and I is, did download,
0: which is five dollars a month for that one game.
2: It's it's like, I think you have to, you can play it for free, but there is a, you can't do like the fastest cup okay. unless you pay for the subscription. So I have not bought the subscription okay. and I have played it. But again, even with that, I'm way more of a, give me Mario Kart double dash on the GameCube Cube any day over, <laughs> right, over that. Right. So,
0: so uh, one of the things that uh, Arcade has brought us, well, actually it's not really even Arcade, it's iOS 13 has brought us is... Uh, controllers. You can use. You can like. You they had uh, my You know, made for iPhone or made for iOS specific controllers for a while. But now you can connect a wireless uh, or Bluetooth Xbox or play, PS4 Dual Shock controller to your iPhone, iPad, or Apple TV, which is very interesting to me. So I, I I'm kind of curious. I might see if I can. You know, get one of those. Maybe someone's got one laying around. I can borrow from them and just to give it a try because that would be interesting to me. Well, Pat, you and I have Apple Arcade. Uh, do you have you have you found any games that you particularly like on it that have? Got well, your I ten- found
1: several that I enjoyed playing, and then got to a certain point and couldn't get beyond that point. <laughs> and uh, those were the what the golf?
0: Yes, what the and golf.
1: Hexaflip. I've really enjoyed them, but I get to a certain point and I can't get beyond it. Yes. And so that, that's a little frustrating. But I have other ones that are more casual, uh are slower paced. The patterned is like a jigsaw puzzle, but slightly different rules on it. But it's been real relaxing. I've really enjoyed playing that one. And um then Dear Reader is a good uh simple but yeah. uh wordplay with, with Jane Austen and Emily Dickinson and different things that where you You're transposing the words or looking for misplaced words or misspelled words. And it's kind of just, again, a a casual game, which is the difference between you and me, Father. (laughs) You like more serious games. I like more (laughs) casual games that I can just put down in three minutes if I need to. Right, right. So, uh, but anyway, I've enjoyed those. I've tried several of them. Some of them, I just get started. and I say, no, that's not for me. But there's enough things I could play while I'm waiting for... For lunch to be served, or while I'm waiting at the coffee shop, you know, there's enough there that I'm enjoying playing.
0: Well, uh, there's a cup. So I like um, what the golf too. It's it's crazy funny. Like the kids love it because you know it's funny like physics. Yeah, well, some of them it's like the um, the 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 typical golf games where you kind of pull back on the screen, you get an arrow that shows the power, and then it puts the ball, And it does it at first. But then you do it, and it's the golfer that goes flying down the 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 uh, <laughs> the, the freeway, uh, the 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 fairway, and then it's the arrow itself that goes flying down there. And then you have to shoot the hole into a big one, and you get a hole in one. And it's just it's it's got a crazy, funny uh, uh, sort of um, way about it, which it's 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 fun. Uh, so this that one, I do like this game Mini Motorways, where you have to kind of. Um, uh, it's a tra- it's like Sims- a very simplified SimCity. You have to kind of keep the traffic flowing. You know, it's a basic city planner game. Um, so not too too much uh, tension in it, but there is a timer on it. Um, uh, other ones. So this Sonic Racing, I'm not really good at that. It's like a it's a cart game. It's like Mario Kart, sorry, except this is Sonic the Hedgehog. I'm not very good at those. Uh, I get my I get my behind kicked all the time on those. Um. So I mean there's a few of them I've been playing and you know some of them are not for me, obviously. Um what's the one I just downloaded today? Um The Frogger oh, was kind of fun. Frogger's kind of fun. Hexaflip, actually, you mentioned Pat. I, yes. I, I just yeah. downloaded that one. That is a lot of fun. It's it's um it's a g it's a neat little puzzle thing, and I I like it. So and it's what what I really like about it is the fact that I don't have to worry about like, well, in order to really get anywhere in this game, I gotta pay for it. You know, otherwise I'm I'm destined to slogging my way slowly to a stop Uh, in, in you know, like some of these games. But th- these are there's no additional expense. That's all included. I like that. So
1: so I might some, like
0: some hints occasionally in some of the games. <laughs> yes, yes. So there's some ideas for folks if they if they if they're looking for something in the Apple Arcade. So let's go. Let's move on to our first uh, regular story today. Uh, There's a, a story involving the Pope and technology, which is right right down our alley uh, this is this is exactly what we're about so the the Holy Father hosted a meeting at the Vatican uh, last week um, a conference of executives from companies like Facebook Mozilla Western digital and then they had a bunch of uh, like scientists and smart people and government people and um, venture capitalists and uh, that sort of thing and they were talking about tech topics and uh, and then the Holy Father addressed them and he had some things to say some some warnings about technology. He warned against the, what he called a new form of barbarism, uh, where the law of the strongest prevails over the common good. And I think, well, let, let me ask you, what do you think he meant by this? Uh, Father Andrew, we'll start with you. What do you think he meant by this this form of barbarism, where the law of the strongest prevails over the common good?
2: Well, as I was reading kind of through that article, um, he, it seemed to be that, that he was relating it to just Almost kind of the strongest voices out there being the ones leading the charge in perhaps public opinion. So yeah. uh, the idea that the the loudest voices are the ones that everybody listens to and then follows. Um, and I I would I was immediately thinking of, of just some of the algorithms in Facebook, um, the fake news, um, all of those sorts of things that are or even scare tactics that, that try to get people to right. to respond emotionally and support maybe something they wouldn't if they would have just thought through rationally. So it's, it's a, it's a, you know, a, a, I guess a pretty kind of blatant attack on just swaying public opinion through the loudest voices out there.
0: Yeah, there was some, uh, I remember that story a few years, a year or so ago, maybe even less than that, of Facebook was doing some experiment, psychological experiments on, whether people would they could make people more or less depressed, depending on how what kinds of things they put in their news feed, which is kind of scary. But it's this, it's I think yeah, I think you're right. It's worth, it's this manipulation, but also that 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 those who have access to certain technologies can dominate others who don't have access to the same technology, uh, and that, that's 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 kind of scary. Pat, what do you think uh, of this, based on especially with the people that you work with uh, every day?
1: Well, for instance, the example that was used in the article was on deep fakes. Yep. Uh, and that was something that is has really been bothering me, the fact that a lot of my clients may not look far enough to dis- discern that this is not really person X or person Y. They look at it, it looks like them, it sounds like them, and therefore they believe it. Right. And uh that type of thing really is bothering me. Now that's not all a result of AI. I mean the deep fakes are definitely are, but the swaying of people's opinions by fake news, I'm not sure how much that's AI versus just um malicious intent on a lot of that.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of the news media the, the headlines especially focused on the pope making a reference to AI, but I don't think he was exclusively blaming AI. I think he was just being cautious of technology in general, where technology is today. But you're right about the deep fakes thing, which is you know, I see people sharing so-called com you know uh, uh quotes from people all the time. Well as so and so said and I'm like, but did he like can you no. show me some evidence? But and and then it's pretty easy to disprove that sort of thing if you if you do a little work. But if there's an actual video of someone's actual voice saying it well, how do you dispute that, even though that's it's a deep fake? So I suppose I should explain deep fakes are these new form of videos where they can take an image of a well-known person, say a president who's got a lot of video footage and a lot of recordings of their voice, and use that to make them say and do things they never actually said, to create a complete fabrication of this person. I've seen it demonstrated with the, you know, the technology demonstration they used President Obama. Uh, It's it's a pretty scary technology. I mean, we thought Photoshopping stuff was bad. This is going to be even worse.
1: Yeah, the other thing I was thinking about, too, is, although I'm not sure if you would call it AI-related, but uh, one of the articles I saw this week talked about using uh, health-related incentives uh, in insurance companies Mm -hmm. and adjusting premiums based upon whether somebody participated or used a Fitbit, or they did a certain amount of exercise, and that is a discrimination against those who can't do that, can't afford it uh, for whatever reasons they've got uh, prior conditions. So that type of manipulation of people based upon statistics or that maybe it is a form of AI that says, okay, here's the likelihood of this amount of people, we can save this many premiums, and that to me is very immoral.
0: Yeah. Yeah right now i think a lot of these companies they use they they'll use an incentive if you use a fitbit or other device which we know tends to lead people toward a healthier lifestyle will give you uh, a prize a you know a, well, that, a that i
1: see is fine right. but it's the but it's when they move to premiums.
0: yeah when they move to penalizing us for not going along yeah that can be very problematic it, that's manipulating people uh and, and that's a whole order of difference So one of the things when he mentions AI, the the Pope uh, is quoted as saying, uh, you know, warning of the dangers of artificial intelligence to, and to quote here, to circulate tendentious opinions and false data that could poison public debates and even manipulate the opinions of millions of people to the point of endangering the very institutions that guarantee peaceful civil coexistence. I mean, this is what people said happened in the 2016 election, is that- uh, state actors, perhaps from other other countries, not not even necessarily from within our country, wanting to destabilize our society, use these means to in to really further divide the people. I I think it's 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 a you could argue that America has never been more divided than it is now. I mean, even in going to the you know perhaps as much as the Civil War, which is kind of scary to think about. And a lot of it has to do with these technology platforms that have brought us into this space. How do you think we could, you know, what could the technology be doing better? Do you have any? Any? I mean, does anybody have any ideas, you know, of what we could do to how we could use the tech? I mean, this is this is really what we're about here on 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 Secrets of Technology and in StarQuest how do we use these tools for the for good to bring people together as opposed to divide them and that's the secret sauce isn't it
2: well i mean i i would say that that one of the things that that we can do is is what we are doing right now we're taking the news and trying to to break it open for for people to understand and to avoid just you know kind of the 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 blast uh uh, videos or whatever that's meant to sway public opinion we're trying to to help people make informed decisions on their own which i think is the goal mm-hmm. i mean technology is great we should share information absolutely but if you're gonna blast out information in sort of a yellow journalism sort of way well then you're not using technology for the betterment of people you're using technology for the betterment of your own selfish motives um and and so i you know it's it's something that that we can and should use to to help people understand but i think you know and uh, pat you probably work with with many of such people as as many people just take for granted what they read yes. on the on the internet or see on the tv screen as the absolute truth when it may not be and and i also wanted to point out that that with the pope warning against artif- using artificial intelligence in this way it, it just it opens up a whole can of worms because artificial intelligence by its nature doesn't doesn't have a soul so it doesn't have the 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 rational capacities that a human person would have and so to try to code any sort of ethics into an ai program is incredibly problematic well and so yep
0: yeah uh, who who's ethics i mean that's really kind of right. start to ask what, who who decides um like the, the classic is when we're programming ai in a in a driverless car how do we solve the the trolley problem, for instance, which is that mm-hmm. famous? You have two people in that direction and in and, and other people in that in the other direction, and you have to go you, in one of them. Someone's going to die. How do you decide? And right. and that's a, a very difficult moral problem for a human being. How do you how do you program a computer to decide that? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a this is a this is a very serious ethical question. It's not a, really even a technical question. It's what what do we as society want to to are, are you know these artificial intelligences to be able to do? I mean, it's it's a tricky one. I mean, Asimov's laws are are, are I don't think are enough. You know, do no harm uh, to a human being and that sort of thing. Well, there are limitations to these simple laws. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's it, what I find most interesting here is uh, that this. Conference could lead to a a papal document on well they the, the article says a papal document on artificial intelligence but it's sort of become a catch all term artificial intelligence is the new the new buzzword what they mean is a papal document on emerging technologies yeah. uh, mm-hmm. that is compare uh, would compare to the encyclical uh, ad c on the environment so um, very very interesting I'd, I'd be i'd be interested in seeing such a document i would too. <laughs> um all right. So uh we'll be keeping an eye on that and any other developments in that in that realm uh for for sure. So our uh, our next story we we can we'll run through these pretty quick. Uh our next story is on the US census. Now, as people may or may not know, every 10 years by law the the US the federal government has to take a census of the people. Uh, we all have to travel to our home city, where Caesar's people will cut. Co- no, wait, no, that's all other. <laughs> uh, I don't.
2: I don't have a donkey to ride
0: there. <laughs> no, there's no room at this Holiday Inn. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, we, no. They send out census takers. They actually come to our home and they count us. And uh, the, this census that's going on now, the 2020 census that they're preparing for, has. It's taking place in again this new technology environment where data as be that's being you know there's so much data about us being aggregated and so much machine learning and artificial intelligence out there that they can they could people can compile some of this data and make some very good guesses about who the people are that that are be that there's no name on it no no specific identifying address no. Nothing like that. But they'll say, no, yeah, there's enough data here. We can, we know that it's you. I mean, I go back to this story from a few years ago about Target. It, it knew, it could tell when a woman was pregnant from her purchasing pattern, even if she didn't buy anything related to babies. Uh, that, that they had enough data on enough women that they could tell that a, a woman who's pregnant tends to buy these completely unrelated things. Uh, and they were, they started to advertise based on it. Um, and, uh, and and then that freaks people out, and so they stop doing that, <laughs> or at least they had it. But th- this is one of the same questions with the census, is they're afraid that this so much data is, is, is compiled in the census that it will find out things about people that perhaps not even the law says they're not supposed to find out. Uh, and so some have proposed injecting some error, some set amount of fake data into the census, which other people say that is a terrible idea. So what do you guys think? I mean is we're 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 weighing accuracy, you know, the whole point of the census is to get accurate information versus privacy. Where where's the balance on this? What do you think? Oh, that's a hard one. Uh. <laughs> I'll lay this one on your doorstep.
1: Uh, i guess i I feel like that there's so many benefits that can come out of the census in terms of information about the directions of of well even Policy. uh legislative districts and mm-hmm. things like that uh, a minority uh, to know where the minorities are to be able to serve people better and but i I understand the you know the it might be able to find this latvian uh immigrant in nova scotia because of all of the things that tie it to that one village and there's not very many people there and so therefore they can figure out who it is that is is scarier but i don't i don't know privacy is beginning to be something that how how much privacy can
0: we actually uh expect right i mean father is is privacy a, a relic of the past the, the the kind of privacy that they're talking about i mean some privacy we're, we still got you know that still exists but is this absolute privacy this expectation is it a thing of the past?
2: Uh, I, I think the absolute privacy is I, I think maybe the, the the sticking point here would be more specifically probably in terms of illegal immigrants um, because the census data could be used to determine someone's legal status. Um, and, and that's one of the big issues in our country and in our church. And, and I don't really know the, the, the best solution out of it. You know, we have ways of, of dealing and working and ministering to people in the church without needing to ask those questions because we are meant to, to, you know, minister to the person. Um, and, and so I, I understand privacy from, from that sort of lens and, and I, and I would agree with it to some degree. But on the flip side, uh, you know, I there, there's there's so much so many other data points that, that people have online, social media, all sorts of stuff that like for me personally, they could they could take all that data from me and it doesn't bother me because I'm a public person, um, you know, but I'm not sure what that what that means in, you know, in terms of, of you know, the, the people who are quite a bit more private about their lives personally i guess i'm more okay with a little bit of of kind of uh yeah, they 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 call it fake data i guess it, the the image that they used was that of of a camera recording uh a scene and kind of blurring out the face of the individual you still get the gist you get the 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 context of what's going on but you're not seeing the super specific specifics um, and I guess I, I'm I'm okay with that sort of approach to it, um, but I don't know how far is too far.
0: Yeah, the thing I think about is is you know I I get the the good intentions and there are good intentions in it, and but I worry about the things that the data is used for, such as most specifically redistricting. If someone were to mess with this data intentionally, in you know under the guise of privacy, they could really set they they could determine who runs this country i mean if you set if you change a few a handful of dist- congressional districts across the country change the population here a little bit take away a congressman from this red state and give it to a blue state or vice versa i mean you really could change you could change the balance of congress and change the the way that this this country is 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 governed in the future so i think you know it's it's a very important question and it has to be handled very delicately uh i i i agree i think privacy is important i think that it's important that we 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 uh, people feel free to be honest with the census that's the, another part of it is if if people don't feel like their their information their privacy is safe from the census they'll get, they'll just give fake information they'll mm-hmm. they'll input bad data and that's that's as bad as as you know as as intentionally putting the bad data in so you know it's it's a it's a it's a serious question and then and then we start to raise a new question which I don't think anyone I've seen asked is maybe a census the way that we've always thought of it is a relic of the past. Maybe there's another way to accomplish the same ends, but through a different means um, but I'm not sure what that is yet, or even if we're at the point yet where we could accomplish it, but maybe it's time to start looking at different different ways of accomplishing the same thing. That don't require us to go out and get a survey from every single person.
1: Well, and the other thing is, is the census is taken so periodically that by the time they're using the data, people are very, very migratory, and, and yes. there's a lot of transition. So it may not reflect what is now the decision being made based upon that. Right. So that's a good point that that maybe in its present form of being taken only so every, every so many years and the the nature of people changing their location changing schools changing whatever maybe it isn't the best way to to uh to take care of it
0: yeah i mean some some of the redistricting has only just been settled from the 2010 census you know 8 9 years later they they they're just settling that and meanwhile all those people have moved <laughs> they're not <Right>. they don't <laughs> live there anymore and it's that's a whole different Thing and you know and, and of course then it raises a whole other question of gerrymandering districts and that's a whole nother thing. So maybe maybe there's maybe there's a much larger conversation that needs to happen. Who knows if we'll if we're even capable of having it in this country? But um, maybe we need to be looking at something different than what we've done. So uh, interesting interesting thing to look at. And again, let's keep an eye on this as the census rolls in next year, and we'll see we'll see how it goes. Um. All right, so uh, let's move on to uh, some headlines. So a couple of briefer things. Um, the iOS thirteen uh, update train continues to roll on. <laughs> uh, I think in yep. the last uh, was it uh, twelve days we've had four separate iOS updates, uh, which I think is unprecedented. Uh, I don't know. if of you, So the first thing is, is when. So we, that just to, to to give the recap, iOS thirteen came out on September twentieth. Then we got iOS 13.1 on the 24th, which was planned ahead of time. They told us that was going to happen. They had to get 13 out on the 20th so that when the new phones arrived in people's hands the next day, they had they, they could reset their phones if they had to. You know that otherwise, it wouldn't people's phones could have been bricked. But they knew that they had stuff that needed to come out um, very soon after, so they rolled out 13.1 on the following Monday. Then, uh, but then we got another quick update. I think the end of that week, so the end of last week, and then another update on Monday, this past Monday. So, like, so we're up to thirteen point one point two. Did do you guys update as soon as you see the notice on your on your phones or iPads? Is that something you do, or do you wait? What's what's your practice, Father Andrew?
2: I, I feel like this is a do what I say, don't do what I do sort of situations. <laughs>
0: yeah, especially given our next headline that's coming up. but
2: uh... <laughs> um, I, I mean so so with this caveat, I, I also use the the beta software. so I, I tend to update immediately right away. So I, I would say for someone um, who just has has a phone, doesn't have any of the beta uh, software, I would still I guess recommend updating immediately um with that with that because of all the potential security patches that are coming through those sorts of things that'll that'll save them from from potentially getting hacked or those sorts of things so i guess i would say update immediately on the the normal updates but maybe not update to the beta software unless you are tech savvy and right. are willing to to play into that um experimental software
0: yeah i generally do not do betas unless there's a very compelling reason like I did new betas this year. I did an iPad beta last year, or the year before. But yeah, I avoided this year. <clears throat> My general advice is on the big round numbers: iOS 12, iOS 13, iOS 14 next year. Wait to the second update. Wait, wait to at least the first update. There's usually a a point, you know, one or point zero one within a couple of weeks. If you're at all, I, I no, I always update immediately because I want to see what's going on. But if you're at all concerned or worried, on the big round number ones, wait to the first, the, the second update that comes out that fixes the bug fixes. Um, on the minor updates, as soon as you get a minor update on your phone, update immediately because it usually has security patches and there's usually a reason for that. Whereas, and, and that's that's actually true of the big round number updates. So when 13 comes out, there's usually an also a point update for say twelve with some security patches for those who didn't update right away, so that that's why I'm saying it's okay to wait on that, but in general, I update right away, and I just I always have to have the new features It's just I, I host a technology <laughs> yeah. podcast, so obviously i'm going to update right away, but that's not you what I tell people. Pat, what do you tell people?
1: I usually tell my clients uh I go ahead and update immediately, but I suggest they wait a couple of weeks on the big ones you know wait till things have settled down and since they don't understand necessarily point one, point two, right. i just say why don't you wait two or three weeks and then if you have any questions you can ask me other than that go ahead and update right but on the little ones i tell them go ahead and update those immediately
0: is that true for both android and ios for you uh no i was this we're talking ios only
1: on the android ones uh it depends upon what phone you've got i've got a google a friendly phone so uh, i update as soon as they come out but there's a lot of people who can't because of the the multiple uh, vendors multiple hardware platforms out there but i i still would recommend even on those if they get a notification that there is an update go ahead because to me that's a, that unless it's a major update like from one vanilla or one flavor to the next
0: right so so it's almost the same in that case with Android is if you get a notification update and it's a minor update, do that. If it's a major update, wait a, wait a couple of weeks. I think that's fairly uh, safe advice. OK, so um, well, that brings us to our next headline, which is very interesting, um, which it's the sort of thing that says even the most tech savvy among us can get caught by by bad things um and it also is um leads to the advice of update security updates immediately so there's a tv show called mr robot uh listeners to this podcast might be familiar with it and it's a uh, it's about computer hackers uh just in the you know just the, sort of as a very brief way of summarizing it uh and it's been credited as being the among the most accurate regarding computer technology and hacking of any tv show or movie ever made uh and be, like they they claim that Everything you see done in the show is actually possible in the real world, which is remarkable given how poorly most TV shows and movies portray computer technology I mean really bad most of the time but this one is like they use the real tools the real techniques and so the guy behind all that the tech expert from Mr. Robot got hacked his his child's phone they have an iPhone they got stolen and it's supposed to be nowadays that the the iPhones they have activation lock and you can remote wipe them and all this stuff. Well, they figure what happens is now what and and that has helped. It has reduced iPhone uh, stealing um, because it's just not worth it for most crooks. But the sophisticated ones are finding ways to, to to still be crooks. So they drop the phone as soon as they steal it. They drop it in a in a foil lined bag or some radio frequency blocking bag. Or or a container which prevents the phone from being remote locked and wiped, and then once they're in a place where uh, the the signals can't get in, they start doing their thing with it. And so that's that's pretty straightforward. But then he got to a point where somehow, and nobody seems to know how yet, the the the, the hackers were able to break into the data on the phone to get through the the encryption that these phones have, because of course this guy's. Kids' phones are going to have really good encryption. They're not. They're, they're going to have good passwords and everything. But somehow, in a, in a technique that no one seems to know how they did it, they got through it and have been using the data to try to trick the his son, I think, or son or daughter. I don't. I don't think they mentioned what what it was. Uh, but, but the, the his child to respond with more information that would allow them to further hack their their you know their their life. Um. And so it's it's very interesting. This article it kind of reads like a Mr. Robot episode, um, but but there's some important lessons in it uh, that he he lays out. He says, um, "Don't trust messages with links in them." This is this is something I've been telling people for ages. If you get an email and it says, uh, you know, "I'm from X company," "I'm from Apple," "I'm from Microsoft," "I'm from the the IRS," click this link and do this thing. Never do that. Always enter like type in the go to your browser and manually type in the address never click a link in an email message that's that's unsolicited even if it looks legitimate just just don't, don't ever do that um so let's start with that so good advice something does this something you do yourself is this uh do as i say now as i do or do you do you, or do you follow this advice uh either of you
1: I try to follow that advice. There are times that uh, that I can tell by looking at the headers and things like that, that I'm more trusting of a particular thing. But most of the time I go to the site itself. The ones that bug me are newsletters that come out and say, click to view this in your browser. And there's nothing else you can do. Right. Because that's the only way you can go view the thing is in the browser. And so it's like, I'd like to clobber those companies on the head, but <laughs> I tell people, People, you know, if if you get something, even if it looks like it's totally legitimate, always go to the bank or go to whatever it is that's telling you there's a problem. Never, ever, ever trust what's in the email.
0: Right, right. That's a good good advice. But you know
1: how many people I have caught? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm constantly having to to clean off computers and help people reset passwords and even you know commiserate when they've had their bank accounts hacked because they clicked on a link.
0: How about you, Father Andrew? Is this something that uh, you've seen or had to do?
2: Um, thankfully for myself, I've never had any issues with it, but I also I'm very aware and and I I would trust links in emails if I recognized who sent it to me. So I can you know, you can see the, the email that it's sent from. So if it's a, you know, Kim Commando newsletter, I, I trust her. So I, I'm happy to do that. But her her. It's all in the email anyway, so you actually wouldn't necessarily need to go to the website unless you unless you wanted to read more um you know, and then all the junk email I just delete right I, you know i I get all the the phishing emails that everybody else does, and you know claiming to be from Facebook and I have a new notification or or whatever it is, and I just just delete it and yeah, and I totally just go to the website or my my app on my phone if there's something there that I really need.
1: Right. I usually tell people to turn off the notifications in Facebook so that they don't get emails that are telling them about stuff. And I say, just go to Facebook every day and look to see, hey, there's a little bell up there that shows you the notifications that you would have gotten in an email. But you can trust that.
0: Mm
2: -hmm.
1: You can't trust that the notification you're getting from Facebook is really from Facebook.
0: Uh, Speaking of which, if you get a Facebook message from a friend and it says, are you in this viral video? Don't click the link. Oh. That's another <laughs> yeah. one of these attacks. <laughs> I get these all the time now because I have friends who have clicked the link and then their, their Facebook gets hacked and, they, and, it's, and it's a self-propagating virus. Uh, so don't click the link. You're not, trust me, you're not in the viral video. <laughs> just, just, just trust me on that. Uh, the next thing, uh, the bit of advice that he has is always keep your phone up to date and make sure you use all the security features available in your device use touch ID or face ID use a long password as long as you can possibly remember on, you know, and, and can enter, you know, on a cold winter's day with your, <laughs> without your gloves on, without getting frostbite. Uh, see, this is the thing is the, the, these phones are designed in places like Southern California where people don't have winter. So that you have to hit some of these guys should live up, you know, where father Andrew or I live and, and have <laughs> to sure. do this stuff in the winter with gloves and stuff. But, uh, but that so anyway. Uh, but use the security features that your that your phone or iPad or or whatnot offers. All of the ones possible, including two factor, where you can. I know it's a it can be a pain, but there's ways to set it up so it's not so much. But you know it's just it just makes sense. Um, and that was the, his third bit of advice, which is to where multi factor authentication, two factor that sort of thing is available. Use it. You know. I, I have some sites that I don't really care about. They're just like, I go and I read the news. I I don't set up two factor on that just because it's, I I don't, I don't care if someone breaks into that and reads the news. (laughs) You know what I mean? Um, Right. But in anything that matters, I I have two factor just because it just makes sense. Um, Do do you guys use two factor And, and, and what do you use for an app for that? Uh, uh, Pat, what do you use for two-factor? Um, I've been using the Microsoft Authenticator.
1: It's been the easiest one for me to set up and use, and it's e- real easy to, to answer the question, et cetera. in um, of course, with Apple and uh, Google, they do their own authentication through another app you have installed, which is even nicer. Right. And uh, so but there's a lot of things that, that, yeah, I don't care if you want to watch my Netflix, that's okay. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I don't really worry about that one.
0: Yeah. You'll mess up all of my recommendations with your stupid shows, but you know, <laughs> well, <yeah. laughs> uh, Father Andrew, do you use two factor and, and what app do you use to do it?
2: Yeah. So I use two factor uh, with my Google account um and my Microsoft account. And I use the, the Google authenticator app okay. on all my right. phone. Of course, uh, Facebook, I also use it, but it's kind of it's built into the app or it sends you a text message. Um, And then Apple, it's sort of built into the system, too, that it'll alert one of my other devices when I'm when I'm doing that. But I have it set up on most most everything that's got those sorts of information in it.
0: That's actually a bit of advice I want to give people. If you have two Apple devices, uh, don't update them both at the same time, because when one wants to authenticate and the others in the middle of an update, it ain't happening. And when yeah. that comes up, it's going to want to authenticate on the other one. And yeah, you're stuck. Just do one right. at a
1: time. Um, well, and I have some people that only they, they had two devices, one of them
0: breaks and now they're in trouble. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. that. So always, you know, try to have uh, always, always, if possible, have two ways to get at something. You know what I mean? And that's actually why I have two authenticator apps. Uh, one password has it built in. So I always set it up there. And then I also use a, a third-party app called Authy, which is like the Google Authenticator app, but it lets you store them in them in the cloud that's encrypted. The authenticators, so that if your device gets wiped or lost, with Google Authenticator, it's it's all tied to that device that install of that app. Whereas with Authy, it will it could it can store them, doesn't have to. It can store them in the cloud, which I I, I like that backup. And I use a very secure password. <laughs> On that on that one, uh, so uh, and then it also you can I can have them show up on my Apple Watch. I can get the authentication codes from there as well, which is very handy when you're, uh, you know, you're 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 busy out and about and that sort of thing, or you're in an app on your phone and you want to pull up the authentication. You don't have to switch apps; you just do it on your on your wrist, which is very nice. So, uh, so the this expert, I I forgot to get his name actually. Uh, what was his name? Um, uh, I should I should use his name instead of just calling him out. Mark Rogers. Yes, that would that would be the nice thing to do is, is identify him. Mark Rogers. His bottom line is know that these are getting more sophisticated. Uh, every time it's a, it's an arms race. Every time that the phone manufacturers increase security, they some you know the bad guys figure out a way to break it. So you just got you just got to be prepared for that. And there are likely exploits out there that the hackers are using that uh, no one knows about, including, you know, Apple. <laughs> so, uh, or Google or, you know, or whomever. So it's just something to be aware of. Uh, so keep, keep your devices up to date with security updates.
2: Can I throw out a couple more things? Yes, on please that? do. Um, yeah. So, so these are, these are not necessarily uh, um, related to, to being hacked, but more just general advice for, for um, being aware and against phishing attacks. Um, perhaps maybe the biggest thing is, is if something in your email or a text message or a Facebook message, whatever it is, if it sounds suspicious at all, don't trust it.
0: If it sounds suspicious, it's probably something bad.
2: Right. Um, actually about maybe a month ago or so, I got a, I got an email from my bishop Uh and, and it was a, Hey, I need you to do something for me. Email me back. and Um, and I, uh, decided it sounded uh, suspicious, but legitimate enough that, um, I responded back and then it became this, this back and forth about how my Bishop needed iTunes gift cards to give to to somebody. And I was (laughs) like, oh my gosh, this is just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, nobody's going to ask you for iTunes gift cards to, to give to someone in need. Uh, The IRS doesn't
0: take payment in iTunes gift cards, too, just so you
2: know. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, yeah. So if something sounds suspicious at all, just, just don't trust it. And if it's, you know, from a friend, call them up, go talk to them, see if they actually did send you that message. And if they did, then, then go ahead and do it. Um, The other thing would be to just be friends with someone who is tech savvy. If you are not tech savvy yourself. Uh, my, my mom does this all the time. She'll, she'll get something in her email or something and she'll just, she'll shoot it off me. She'll ask me, Hey, is this legit? And I'll say, no, absolutely not. Delete that. And don't ever, you know, go there, you know, so rather than her going forward and just clicking the link to see if it is legit or not, and then getting caught in some scam, she asks me. So if you know someone, you you have a family member, a friend who's tech savvy be friends with them they're likely in the know on what's what's good and what's not
0: yep that's good advice
1: yes i encourage my my clients that if there's any suspicion that they've got ask me text me email me leave me a voice message i don't i, I will handle those i you know i don't i don't get upset at those
0: yeah the, i actually speaking of the, the 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 bishop email that you got uh, i had someone i got a facebook message from somebody uh, i'm trying to remember who it was but it was totally out of character i'm like this is not that person no 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 so
1: yeah in fact i was uh actually at a client's today where he i got the thing about gift cards his niece was birthday and he was out of town so i played along with the the bad guy until i got to the guy's house and got the password changed and everything and then I responded one more time saying, that's funny. You said you were traveling. I'm sitting in your office talking with you <laughs> so, <laughs> and said, I'm reporting you. Right. Of course, I really can't because there's no way I can know who he really is. But, you know, just reporting this, this to the FBI or an FCC, you know, just give him a little bit of scare. Right,
0: right, right. All right. All good advice there. So uh, let's wrap things up with our picks of the week, our usual uh, feature where we talk about some tip or some something that we are enjoying lately that we want to share with the audience. And uh, Pat, why don't we start with you? What is your pick of the week? Well, I
1: have a lot of clients that uh, they have iPhones, but they have Windows machines. Of course, the people with Apple machines, their their pictures and everything are always on their computer and they're synced nicely. But for my Windows people, it's been, you know, hey, those things are in iCloud, but I don't have them on my computer, you know. I have to manually plug in my phone and sync it. Well, some time ago, Apple put out iCloud for Windows, and they've made some, some tweaks to it over time that have actually made it pretty useful. So I can set somebody up with iCloud for Windows and tell it the first time uh, after it's set up download everything from iCloud, and it puts it into a folder and you can choose the name. And then from then on, it will automatically download any new pictures that have been taken on the phone into that folder. So then they can re- you know, move them into wherever their folders are for their particular pictures, since they don't have an iPhoto library or a Photos library. And on co- conversely, they can say, here's a whole bunch of pictures that I've taken on a camera and imported it into Windows, oh, take all of these and upload them into iCloud so we can see them on our phones. So that has been really helpful. And in addition to, you can also say, any shared albums that people have shared with you, those will show up on your computer as well. Mm. So that's been, it It doesn't keep them in sync, but it does a a a pretty good upload-download uh, way of keeping you better um uh, accurate or up to date. Okay.
0: And it gives you some uh wind, some uh iCloud storage that you can get. You get the everyone gets 5 gigs free, so that's pretty good and you get access to that. Um
1: yes, you can get to your any files that you've saved on your iPhone and i in your uh iCloud drive, you can see them on your computer nice. at that point.
0: And uh it will the mail email and contacts and calendar will will interface and in sync with Outlook, is that correct? Uh
1: it can um I don't really care for Outlook that much. I've most of my people. Uh, it doesn't do a great job of syncing. It it kind of works and sometimes breaks, and it's real hard to get it working again. Okay. But of course, if you've got an iPhone and you've got uh, you've got uh, Google Mail or Yahoo Mail or Hotmail or any of those, you've got apps that you can use to keep those in sync. So there's no real reason for that's true. Uh, not having your your contacts uh, on your phone and synced. Okay. That sounds good. That's a, that's outside of iCloud for Windows. You don't need
0: that for those. Yep. Well, that's great. That's a good uh, a good thing for uh, Windows folks to remember. That's a that's a nice a nice idea.
2: Excellent, Father Andrew. What's your pick this week? So my pick this week, I feel like uh, I'm a Nintendo fanboy today and not an Apple <laughs> Arcade fanboy. Uh, so not that I have anything against Apple Arcade, but my pick of the week is going to be the new Nintendo Switch Lite. This mm. was something that was. Um released uh, just a couple weeks ago, I think in September. um and it's it's the Nintendo switch, but it's it's slightly smaller. um, it's lighter. It's got the the controllers built into the the little console. so it's meant to be the Nintendo switch, but specifically only for handheld mode and to take on the go. Right. So it uh, is cheaper than the Nintendo switch. It's two hundred dollars instead of three hundred dollars. Um, it's got uh, three to seven hour battery life. It's about five ounces lighter. Um, the only thing that it can't do is it can't connect to a TV like the, the big switch can. Um, and it can only play the games that are that are able to support handheld mode. But this is I mean, this is something that Nintendo has done phenomenally throughout most of its its life is it, it was the one who created the Game Boy, um, right. that gaming on the go experience that that. I experienced as a kid, and that many many people um, just really love. So, the Nintendo Switch Lite is kind of that for the the Nintendo Switch, and so that uh, definitely is my pick of the week this that, week.
0: That's neat. Yeah, it's just a bit smaller. That's, but uh, but you save a hundred bucks. That's good.
2: Yeah. Excellent. Better for better for the kids than the big one.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, I got something that's free, uh, and it's for, but it's only for your Mac. If if you've got an Apple TV or you know someone who does and you've seen these those beautiful Apple TV screensavers, um, uh, sometimes I just play them because they're just beautiful to look at, uh, the super slow mo of aerial photography. Well, you can get that now on your Mac. There's a in it, right in the screensavers assistant preferences. There's a, a a link to a program you can download from GitHub. Um, it's, but it's, it don't be, don't be intimidated by GitHub. There is a, a link to just download the the file and open it in system preps and you're good to go. And you get access to all of the, the screen savers that are, that you, that are available for Apple TV, because they're all just sitting on a server somewhere waiting for everyone's Apple TVs to download them. And many of them are in 4k high definition video. And I've got a 27 inch, you know, retina iMac screen here I in, in, it's beautiful. Uh it actually looks actually better than on my TV. I, I, my iMac is higher resolution than my T V is. Uh but uh Yeah, you get all of the, the different ones that you can download. The uh, I'm just trying to open it up here now, the screensaver. Uh there's there's it there's uh in the screensaver system preference there there'll be a um one called Arial. That's what it's called, Arial. Uh, and if you click through the screensaver options, it gets all kinds of options. You can pre-download all of the screensavers, which will take up a lot of screen space. Some of these are gigabytes in size. Uh, I mean, a lot of, not screen space, um, hard drive space. Some of these screensavers are gigabytes in size. And there's a lot of them available. You could choose which ones you like. If you don't like certain ones, you you you, you you uncheck them. Um, you can set as a preference to, you can use the right hour to skip. Through the screensavers, and the latest screensavers that are available now, they call the sea ones, or the underwater ones, that were produced by BBC's Natural History uh, Division. Uh, you know that does like you know uh, Blue Planet and those other wonderful uh, documentary-style shows. Those are there, so they have this gorgeous um, pictures of uh, traveling through, I think a kelp forest, or uh, bumphead parrotfish, or the barracuda, or the palau. Jellyfish, there's several different ones of that. Be I mean, just beautiful screensavers. So um all free. All for you to to download and use uh and to improve your 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 working environment, your home your computer room environment, uh, with the beauty of these uh screensavers. So check it out and I'll put the link in the show notes, of course, along with all of the other links to our picture of the week, and you can get a get a good sense of what the, what that is.
1: And if I could add something, sure. you actually can download them for a PC as well. Oh, you can. This will work on yes. Windows. Awesome. It, it, it doesn't integrate well into the screen saver as much as, uh, well, they actually have two versions of it. One that you can just click on and it will start playing them. And then when you escape, it goes back to your regular view. So you can use it that way. The one that was actually would uh, integrate with the screen saver, I had less less success with. But they are gorgeous on my large monitor, oh, okay. and so you can get you can get them, and they they are self updating. So as they change and add stuff, you could you will have the, the latest version of them at that point.
0: Pat, if you get a link to that uh, the Windows version of that, uh, I, I'd appreciate that, or uh, or otherwise sure, I'll,
1: I'll put that in there.
0: Yeah, you, and I'll make sure that's in the show notes, and and we'll get those. Uh, oh yeah, oh no, I see it, I see, it. I, see it. I see the link in on the GitHub page. So. Uh for Windows and for Linux even. So uh, if you've any of Oh yeah, I'd forgotten
1: there was the Linux one.
0: Yeah. yeah. So awesome, awesome. So they, nobody's left out. Everybody can, can Yay. <laughs> <laughs> So awesome. All right. Well, uh before we wrap up, I want to take a moment as we do to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create Secrets of Technology, including Al R, Julia S, Sean M, Scott D, and Elliot B. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue The Secrets of Technology and all the shows at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. So that's it from us. What did you think of our discussion? We had a whole lot uh, we covered today with Apple Arcade, the Pope and AI, the census, and then uh, security updates on your devices and all that sort of thing. Any of those things, if you had anything you wanted to say about them, let us know by going to sqpn.com slash technology or the sqpn facebook page facebook.com slash starquest media or send us an email to technology at sqpn.com and like i said you'll find the links from our discussion and picture of the week on our show notes on sqpn.com please remember to like the show uh, each episode of the show as it shows up on facebook on twitter where we're at sqpn share it retweet it leave comments that all helps us with all those various algorithms so that we can share this with more and more people and grow the audience which is good for you and for us so until next time pat scott thank you for joining me again and sharing the secrets of technology
2: good night
0: father andrew kinstetter thank you as well
2: you're absolutely welcome
0: and once again i'm dom bettinelli thank you for listening to the secrets of technology on star quest